All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Joe Turner, host of City Manager Unfiltered, a podcast by a city manager for city managers and other public sector executives. And in the immortal words of Cypress Hill, I'm humming, coming at ya from Wichita, Kansas. You know, back in May of 2018, during Memorial Day weekend, I was out here interviewing for a job and there was an epic, and I mean epic, thunder and lightning storm. I had never seen lightning like this. I was used to Southern California lightning where you'll get a flash of light in the uh, heavens and the clouds will illuminate and then it goes dark and then you get another flash, you know, five, 10 minutes later, pretty vanilla. You come out here to uh, Wichita, Kansas, and you have some of the most majestic, mesmerizing lightning shows you've ever seen in your entire life. The light literally just dances across the sky. There is no end to the lightning. Like there is no lightning flashes and then goes dark. It's just literally strikes of lightning arcing all over the horizon. It is unbelievable. One of my purest and simplest forms of joy is to just grab a lawn chair, open up my garage door, turn off the lights and just watch the heavens, the show in the heavens from my lawn chair and just listen to the booms of thunder. It is amazing. I, I, I know this might sound really crazy to talk about in this podcast, but it's literally one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen and experienced in my life. Uh, but it's not as mesmerizing as my beautiful wife. My wife is the most mesmerizing, and I love her. It's her birthday this week, so I wanted to say happy birthday to her. She's the one that did the cover art for the uh, for the podcast. Uh, she's better than I deserve, and uh, she's made me a better man, a better father, and uh, I don't know where my life would be without her in it. So I'm very grateful for her. She's just an absolutely beautiful woman, and uh, I'm very, very lucky man. Now, before I get into the heart of episode three, where we're going to talk about uh, reimbursements for travel expenses by our spouses uh, during uh, candidate interviews, I want to take a step back and, and thank you all for the kind words and the positive praise I've received over the last couple of days since I dropped the first two episodes of the podcast uh, on Wednesday, June 14th. I'm recording this episode on Saturday, so they've been out now for about three days. And the feedback has just been wonderful. I've received so many amazing comments, uh, heartfelt uh, messages and text messages. Some of you have uh, done some reviews on Apple. Give me shout outs and, and praise. I really appreciate it. I have something like 25 reviews already on Apple, five-star reviews. Uh, just thank you so much. I really appreciate the support. You know, it takes a lot of work to go out and do this. And uh, it's a little scary. I'll, I'll admit that it's a little bit uh, stressful and nerve wracking. Uh, you know, you don't want to fall on your face. Like I've, I mentioned before in the earlier podcast, taking a lot of risk, putting yourself out here uh, in this environment. So thank you very much for stepping up and leaving those positive comments. Uh, I really do appreciate it. It's just been really heartfelt and, and really motivating and I'm really excited to do this episode because of the positive comments I've been getting. And before we get into that episode, I'd like to take a minute to brag a little bit, if you'll indulge me. Our podcast, and I, I mean our, our podcast, City Manager Unfiltered, because it would not be possible without your support. Our podcast is kicking butt and taking names. I'm, I'm really excited about what is unfolding here. I don't know how, if this is going to last, and I don't want to be too presumptuous. But, you know, we are the highest uh, ranking podcast on Chartable other than strong towns, we are literally the second most popular local government podcast on a chartable. And I owe it all to you guys. And I'm hoping we can keep that momentum going. I'd never heard of chartable until a couple of days ago. Uh, but after our trailer launched on May 24th, uh, we screamed like a rocket and broke into the top 10. And, and then we drifted down a little bit until uh, the actual episodes came out. But, you know, since we launched on the 24th of May, we have not fallen below the 50th spot on Chartable. 
And, you know, I consider GovLove, for example, to be the gold standard of local government podcasts. And uh, since we've launched City Manager Unfiltered, GovLove has yet to even rank in the top 50. So we are doing really well. I got my eye on Strong Towns. I'm a competitive person. I don't know if I can catch them. They're, they've been around for a long time, and they have a huge following, uh, paid membership, so forth and so on. But I'm pretty proud of what we are accomplishing, and I want to thank you all. We've already got the 25 ratings on uh, Apple Podcasts, like I alluded to. And uh, if you are listening to this on an Apple device and you're an Apple user, I would kindly appreciate it if you took a moment to uh, drop a rating and drop a review because we put a lot of time and effort into this project and uh, appreciate your support. Now, I want to talk about traveling for interviews and whether a government agency should cover the travel costs of a candidate's spouse to those interviews. Uh, For the sake of this podcast, I'm not going to focus on anything else other than spouse reimbursement. We'll maybe revisit other aspects of candidate travel and reimbursement and the interview process at a later date. But a few months back, I was selected as a finalist for a manager position that was a massive, massive upgrade from where I'm at now. However, they were not going to reimburse me for my spouse's travel uh, to the interview, which was uh, obvious, well, out of state, I guess I shouldn't say obviously, but it was out of state. And, you know, I want to be authentic and transparent with all of you, the listeners. Uh, I think you deserve that from me. If I'm going to articulate these opinions and take these positions, I want to be as transparent as possible. You know, I've previously shared with you that I currently make $101,000 in my current position. My town is only has a population of 2,500 people. We have about 20 full-time employees and a $7 million budget. And I want to be transparent because I also think we as professionals need to be more transparent with each other to help us in our journey. I think the way we get better salaries, better compensation, better benefits, things of that sort of nature, better contracts, is if we're more transparent as professionals within our field with each other. And I think we need to be a little bit more forthcoming in how we talk about our compensation and our benefits so that we can help our brothers and sisters in their profession uh, extract better pay, better compensation for themselves. Anyway. Back to my situation here with this uh, job interview. So I was selected as a finalist for position with an agency, and the salary range was up to $300,000 to give you an idea of what kind of an upgrade this was. The organization has a budget of well over uh, $500 million, more than 2,000 employees, a really, really significant upgrade from the small town that I'm in. So obviously, it was a no-brainer. I had to take this opportunity and, and travel And even though I was not happy or thrilled with the fact that my uh, wife's travel was not going to be reimbursed, it was too good of an opportunity to pass up. But it got me thinking about it. And, you know, a quick aside, uh, you know, what a surreal experience this LinkedIn journey has been for me. So I get to the interview and there's a bullpen area set up where uh, multiple finalists are being interviewed and we're waiting to be called in because it's a multi a panel interview. There's the, you know, there's a, a, a an interview with the governing body for an hour, interview with department heads for an hour, and then you have an interview with uh, the citizenry for a citizen panel for an hour. So you know, I'm in this bullpen area, and a gentleman uh, introduces himself to me, and I introduce myself to him, but he only gives me his first name, and he goes, "You're from Kansas, right?" And I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Your, your secret's safe with me." And I was racking my brain trying to figure out what the hell was going on or what he was referring to because I couldn't place him uh, at first. And then another gentleman who was uh, interviewing comes in and introduces himself. And this gentleman ends up giving his first and his last name. And then I was able to place him as a follower, (laughs) one of my followers on LinkedIn. Uh, 
very funny, very interesting situation to run into somebody who recognizes you from your LinkedIn posts in a job interview bullpen. Uh, but anyway, as a quick little aside, being that I'm a city manager and this podcast is dedicated to presenting a pro city manager viewpoint on issues in local government, you might expect me to come out of the gate presenting the city manager's viewpoint on reimbursements for spouse travel on interviews. Uh, in the famous words of Lee Corso, a national treasure. Not so fast, my friend. Uh, we're not going to be doing that here. We'll, we'll touch on that in a minute, but I'm actually going to start this conversation from what I believe is the city's perspective and why the city should want to pay for spouses travel and be more proactive in understanding and using this as an opportunity for vetting candidates and making sure that they have the right candidate for the job. You know, one of the things I talk about in my posts and, and, and I'm going to talk about in future podcasts is that I think city managers need to be more diligent in recognizing that they're not just trying to get a job. They're trying to find the right job that is the right fit for them, their personality and their family, and not just get the job. I think a lot of city managers get caught up on the sexiness of getting the job offer and they forget that that's only the beginning. Uh, Once you get the job offer, you really need to drill down and figure out, okay, what do you need to have in order to make this job a successful venture for you and be successful for your career development and progression? And that's going to work for your family, you know? So I think a lot of folks get a little too caught up on that. And I want to present to to any of the governing body members who might be listening to my podcast, assuming I'm not uh, on a dartboard already and getting dart stone at me. Uh, but if you want to get the city manager perspective, obviously I'll give it to you a little bit later. But I want to present what I think would be a compelling argument for cities and counties to pay for spouses travel. And I'm not sure exactly how often spouses spouse travel is not being covered. I have not been through a lot of interviews myself. Again, I'm early in my city management career. I've only been doing this for four years and only gone through a, a couple of interviews. And most of them have been local in Kansas. So I'm not really sure how prevalent it is for spouses to not be reimbursed for their travel. But I wanted to dive into this because I really think that cities are missing the boat and counties are missing the boat when it comes to spouse travel reimbursement and underst- and they're not understanding what a valuable expense that is in the process of trying to find the right manager for their locality, okay? So listen up, council members and commissioners. Do not be penny-wise and pound-foolish. Your job is to find not just the best candidate, but the one you think will be the best fit for the organization and your community. It boggles my mind that cities and counties will pay thirty dollars to $50,000 to a recruiter ostensibly to help them find the best candidate, but then some will cut corners and not pay for the spouse to travel with the candidate. You've already paid for the candidate's hotel and car rental. We are just talking about an airplane ticket and a few meals to bring the spouse to. It isn't just cheap, though. It's extremely short-sighted and foolish because candidates and their spouse are a package deal. If the candidate does not have full buy-in from their spouse, you're already starting from a position of weakness. It's not healthy for that to be the situation. I'm pretty sure I'm like most men. I think we are pretty simple creatures. Not a lot of mystery. It doesn't take a whole hell of a lot for me to be content. As long as my belly's full, my balls are empty, I'm pretty much content with life. There's only one thing that will screw everything up, and that is if my wife is unhappy about something. Then I go into DEFCON 1, and I can't rest until she's back to some semblance of normal. I'm just out of, I'm out of sorts, and I need to basically fix it. I know I'm not supposed to. Being a man, you're supposed to just sort of let the wife figure it out. But I go into fix-it mode, and I got all this agita until my wife is in some semblance of normalcy. I can't find any sort of peace or be at ease until she's all good. Gets back to the old adage, right? Happy wife, happy life. If my wife is not happy with my job situation, where we are living, what type of community we're in, then I'm not going to be happy. 
And that is going to force me to start looking for something elsewhere so I can start fixing the situation and make my wife happy. Again, I suspect that most husbands feel and think similarly to me, uh, although it's possible I'm wrong. I'm not sure how it works with women and how they deal with an unhappy spouse, but I have to imagine that there would be a similar angst. You know, from the time to time, I've read stories about city managers who withdraw after being declared a finalist for a position. Sometimes they cite family or spouse not being on board as a reason for the withdrawal. Recently, a city manager moved across the country to take their first city manager job. They resigned three months into this position, and one of the reasons cited was a desire to be closer to the family. I'm not a fan of candidates using spouses and family as excuses for withdrawing as a finalist or for resigning. You are an adult, a public sector executive. Get your act together. Make sure you and your spouse have, have fully discussed the issue or issues, have fully discussed the opportunity, and are on the same page before you get to the point of being a finalist or actually take the job. It is unfair to the city that hires you to put them in that situation. It's unfair to the other candidates who are being uh, considered for you to be declared a finalist and then for you to drop out uh, at the last minute because you and your wife or you and your husband weren't on board. City managers are human beings, and this is a seller's market. When we are a free agent and looking for a job, we want to be courted. We want to be wanted. That's sexy. That's in the human nature. It's in our experience, right? There is a lot of demand for our services. So one way your city or county can set itself apart is by courting not only the candidate, but the spouse too. This really should not be a difficult thing to understand. Many communities want the city manager to take a job where they can be fired at any minute on a simple majority vote. And oh, by the way, they often demand that you move and live within their city limits but they aren't going to pay for the spouse to visit and learn more about the community and check out the schools, check out the housing stock, learn more about the community amenities, churches, uh, social organizations, the parks, uh, daycare, uh, after-school programs. This is a very obtuse and ignorant way to look at things. And again, it is self-sabotaging to put your community in that position by refusing to pay for a spouse's travel, which is a relatively minor cost. By hosting the spouse and paying for the travel, that does entitle you to have some access and spend some time with that person. This interaction can and should be used to gauge the interest level and support of the spouse. You should use this time to get a more comprehensive understanding of the candidate's personality and demeanor. Observe how they treat their spouse and how they interact together. Are you getting any verbal or body language cues that suggest the spouse is not feeling your community? When a city manager accepts your offer, they are uprooting their entire life and relocating. Every governing body will state that they want their manager to be invested in the community and engage with their citizenry, right? This is not top secret. This is common stuff. Yet, you're not even willing to invest in the manager's spouse or engage with their spouse and show that level of empathy. Never mind the fact that I'm articulating how it is in your best interest to invest a little extra money in the recruitment process. How can you demand and expect a city manager to be open and invested in your community, engage with your residents, and yet you are not willing to invest and spend any time with a spouse before that person makes a decision on whether or not they want to take the job. It makes zero sense to me. Now put yourself in the shoes of a city manager candidate. You know, the candidate comes out, they, they take a tour on their own, or you take them on a tour, they go through the interview process, everything's going great, they seem to be really excited about the opportunity, you're excited about the candidate, 
But this candidate has no idea how excited the the spouse is going to be about this new community. They might have a good idea. They might have done some research, but you never really know, right? Wouldn't it make much more sense and be a much more fruitful and beneficial experience for all parties if a spouse was there in concert with the candidate? Imagine the candidate is going through the process and they are super excited and just feeling like, man, this is a great opportunity. If you have a spouse that supports you and loves you, that spouse is going to feel a sense of wanting to help make that opportunity come to fruition, right? The spouse is going to try to do their best to look at everything in a positive light and see things in the best, uh, try to give the community the benefit of the doubt to the best of their ability, right? It's it's conducive to a, a positive recruitment and a beneficial relationship to have the spouse on board. I can't imagine a situation where I would go to a city and take a job offer without my spouse of having come and seen it. To me, you got to start putting yourself in the shoes of a candidate and understand all the dynamics that are going on. I mean, a candidate is making a huge investment in your community. That's why I always laugh about the residence requirement. And I know I beat this over and over. How much more of an investment can a candidate make in your community when they're literally picking up and moving across the country or from out of state to take this job? Do you understand the investment and commitment that takes and the uprooting of the family and the impact that has on everybody, that is a monumental investment. I can't think of a greater investment an individual can make. Uh, so, but somehow, because they don't live in the city limits, that's not an investment. They're not trying to do the best job. They're not trying to be success, successful. It's just some really crazy thinking out there right now. And I really think we need to you know, kind of push back on, on this. But again, getting back to spouse reimbursement, the city should almost demand In fact, I don't know why cities don't demand that the spouse comes out uh, with the candidate to review the city and investigate and do their due diligence because the city should want the spouse to be fully on board with the candidate. I mean, this seems so simple to me. And yet you got cities and counties out there that will skimp on, you know, $800 to $1,000 or something on a plane ticket and a couple of meals in the name of what? Being fiscally responsible? That's not fiscally responsible because it's actually fiscally irresponsible when you have a city manager who drops out after three months on the job and then you're stuck going with the recruitment again. Or you go through this whole process and you spend thousands of dollars and you waste all this time and energy of staff, of the recruiters, and of the other candidates only for the finalists to withdraw. How is that beneficial? How is that cost effective? So, Really, when you start thinking about things, I think if you really drill down into this whole picture, cities and counties should be demanding and paying for spouses to come out and visit their community as part of the recruitment process. And I don't know why we're not doing that. That's the way I look at things. That's my perspective. Again, you know, I talked about in episode two, my perceptions on uh, my perspectives on risk mitigation. If I am looking at this from a city council perspective, from a county commission perspective, and I'm trying to mitigate my risk, I think investing in seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars, a thousand dollars into bringing a spouse out is an excellent way to mitigate risk. It's an excellent way to assess where that candidate and where that spouse are and make the best decision for you and your community and also help the candidate make the best decision for him or her and their family. I'm Joe Turner, and this is City Manager Unfiltered, a podcast by a city manager for city managers and other public sector executives. I appreciate you listening. If you really enjoyed what you're hearing, you really like what I'm doing, 
please take the time to rate and review this podcast on the platform of your choice, especially those Apple users. Apple uh, podcasts are really valued in terms of the charts and the rankings. I would really appreciate your support. And please, please share this with your friends and your colleagues. Please tell them about this podcast in the real world. Um, don't just you know like a post on LinkedIn. Please share the word. A personal recommendation is always going to go much farther than them hearing it from somebody else or just going across it uh, through a Google search or something. So uh, please take the time to support this uh, effort. Uh, I really appreciate your support. And thank you very much for your time and your consideration.